You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a, a really cool podcast today because it's another guest podcast. And this is a guest that we kind of ran into. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, this that's an interesting rabbit trail. Let's see what we can find out there. So that's coming up soon. I do want to remind you that Season 10 is still playing on Motor Trend Cable Channel. It is also available on Amazon Prime, as are our back seasons, and is working its way toward YouTube. So thank you for all the watching that you're doing on our behalf. We now have an auto parts partnership with CarParts.com. CarParts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle, start shopping, and start saving. It really is that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you, and they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit carparts.com slash everydaydriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at carparts.com. We just recently drove the Audi e-tron GT, and we're very intrigued by it, as we are by the forthcoming onslaught of electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. But we were most intrigued recently by the GMC Hummer EV. Yeah. And I called GM to ask to speak with somebody, preferably in the design department. And they recommended that we talk to Rich Shear, who is GM's director of performance studio and Chevy car exterior design, who is perfect. This is exactly who we want to talk to. That studio includes the look of the Corvette and the Camaro. And of course, their team did the Hummer Mm -hmm. EV. Rich graduated from Cleveland Institute of Art, joined GM after college, and worked around the world on everything from sedans to trucks. Wow. Likes spending time with his family, working on driving his Camaro RS. He's a track driver, too, from what I understand. But we're really intrigued to talk Mm -hmm. to him about the Hummer EV, the inside stuff. The the behind-the-scenes stuff, yeah. How how did it happen? Learn more about it and share with you guys. So we're calling him right now. Hello, this is Rich here. Rich, you got Paul and Todd from Everyday Driver. How are you? Guys, thank you so much. Uh, Todd and Paul, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a pleasure. <laughs> this is pretty interesting because the Hummer is back. Mm-hmm. And I think Todd's question actually is a, a good one to start with. We have many for you about do, this, yeah. this new thing, but I, yeah. I think, Todd, your question, well, if you'd ask before, that. Before we got on the call, I actually said to Paul, and then we were like, wait, 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 hang on. There's the first question. And that is, I'm curious. You may know, you may not, but I'm curious. When was the Hummer, which obviously has a reputation as a military vehicle and it's a gas burner Correct. and a big thing. Yep. When was that first discussed as that should go EV? Yeah, just uh, it, it, not so long ago, actually. Um, I want to say early in uh, 2019. Oh, wow. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, we started really dabbling in this studio, uh, in the performance studio, Chevy Performance, and we were working on, hey, what could be a next-gen performance EV? And um, and we were just starting some early brainstorming and ideation. And, uh, and certainly you're seeing, you know, many EVs coming in the market from, you know, brand new uh, competitors, right? Mm-hmm. Lucid yeah, sure. and Rivian and oh my gosh, like, you know, of course, Tesla and so on. And, um, and, and they're doing all, all sorts of vehicles. And so we were really kind of in the very blue sky creative. And then we had a conversation uh, with Mark Royce. Mm. Um, you know, Mark Royce, obviously a very passionate car person. And I think 
he's always had a, a real kind of uh, kind of passion for Hummer. And certainly the way it left market wasn't uh, in grand fashion. And I think kind of to reimagine <laughs> that was it. was delicate. Uh, yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty good, huh? Uh, and, and to reimagine it, uh, that brand, that vehicle, uh, that kind of vehicle as an EV, you know, what a way to kick off, yeah. um, you know, us in the EV world. And because, you know, to do a Hummer, you have to have just incredible capability, right? It's a performance mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to come with all, you know, when you... When you kind of set a target like that, like doing a Corvette, um, any kind of performance vehicle, the targets are extremely high. Mm-hmm. So you're setting the bar very high. So it's it's like you're going to not only go EV with this, but, but hey, it's got to be off-road. It's got to be capable. It's got to rock crawl. It's got to do all these things. It's got to go fast and traction and also be a pickup truck and what does that mean uh you know Mm. and you know like the h2 pickup truck was was not a very good pickup truck so we want to fix that problem and and make sure that it is truly enough of a pickup truck to be considered a pickup truck you know enough bed length uh, if you will and of course enough people space and the size and and certainly we're doing a lot of learning about you know the capabilities of the batteries the energy they create and to be capable, what size battery we really need to, needed to work around. Mm. And that was a very early discovery that, hey, this battery is going to be very large. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a double okay. stack, you know, kind of a, you know, two layers of a, a, a toast kind of, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, compared to just a, a, a single row of batteries in most uh, of BEV vehicles uh, to get that kind of performance and capability and such. And so we knew that, hey, this thing is going to be the, the undercarriage is going to be very thick and and we're going to have to deal with it, uh, design design with it and uh, manage it. And we knew that, hey, this vehicle is going to be big. And, you know, um, and for myself, coming out of the pickup truck world, uh, we had kind of said, hey, like a like a, tr- a Chevrolet Trail Boss, that kind of setup, overall length and height and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is kind of the envelope that we were playing with. And and actually, the Hummer EV kind of fits inside that vehicle, inside the silhouette, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, cross car, obviously, it's much wider. And we targeted vehicles like Raptor for the track and the width for, for that kind of off-road capability. Okay. But but inside view profile, it's very much like a, a Silverado Trail Boss or a, a GMC a Sierra AT4, which I was very, very familiar with as, as being part of that. So. Hmm. Right. It was really a great place to start. Now, did did I did I ever hear correctly that uh, folks on this project came off the C8? Is that what I understand? That's correct. Yeah, the um, uh, it was it was very interesting. Um, the uh, the design chief that was part of the uh, the Corvette C8 and had been from C6, C7, and C8, uh, a guy named Tom Peters. Um, Tom retired, mm. and uh, I had worked with him for. Uh, time i worked on some camaros and corvettes with them and uh, i was over in the truck studio and i was i was kind of the lucky one that got to uh kind of take over tom peter's studio and and all the great people uh that are in the studio and so yeah there was a lot of uh the designers sculptors uh studio engineers that were part of c8 uh that pretty much uh rolled right into the hummer ev uh, design and development so it was an all-star team and I was happy to be part of it. So it was just like one of those uh, perfect time, right place. Holy cow, this is the project. Let's go. 
Well, so you're talking package already because that's yeah, my question yeah. about, you know, once you decided yep. on the double stack, I like the two layers yep. of toast, by the way. And I also yeah, like yeah. that you can say the competitive names. You can allow yourselves to say the T word yeah. or the L word. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, well, that, we're not, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I, I like that. I hey, appreciate you know what? that. They, they, there's, a, there's exciting things happening in the market. I'll tell you what. I, look, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a designer. I'm a creative person. And I... I love the challenge and, you know, like, Hey, look, the, these new companies, they are taking big swings and you know what? Yeah. I, I yeah. just love it because it really means that, uh, you know, we get to kind of rewrite the rule book as well. Mm. And, um, and it's nice to, it's nice to, to me, have that creative freedom. And I think it's, it's, uh, you know, in my end of the world, I'm all for it. I, I love to be expressive and do new things and, be creative and, and dream as big as you can and see what you can get to. And, and to me, that's kind of what, you know, to me, what Hummer EV represented is just that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't challenge ourselves enough for that kind of vehicle capability and, and uh, bringing back a brand kind of trying to change the narrative of a brand. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then the speed, the market, I mean, we, we, you know, honest to God, you know, hand on, you know, Bible, you know, we started with zero uh, April first of twenty nineteen. That is zero, quick. and uh, and it was really like we we started. You know, we started just you know old fashioned board drawings, and you know where are the wheelbase? What's the mm -hmm. H point? Like mm -hmm. the right. fundamental of the package vehicle design. And I, you know, like I right. I'm a kid in a candy store. I love all of it. Um, I had spent all of my time at GM, and I I'm from college. I've been here my whole career. I've been on the exterior side of the house and, mm. um, you know, generally we have an interior team and exterior team. And every once in a while, we even meet each other in the hall for a coffee, you know, um, <laughs> but nice. this, on this particular program, because we we're going to go so fast. Um, I was the lucky one. I, you know, I was like, Hey, let's, let's just do it all in one studio, one place. Uh, I can be a single source so we can, I could make decisions back and forth interior to exterior because we had to design it and architect it mm -hmm. and and kind of carve the space out all at the same time we really just simplified the process and i loved it i i really got a chance to design the vehicle inside out outside in and it was wonderful exercise did it start with the battery did that dictate your size because it's it's very rare that design teams get handed the blue sky project and say all right yeah. here's our new package we've determined the h points as you said we determined the wheelbase yeah, yeah. and then now team sketch around this because it's it's big we, we <laughs> yeah it came together it came together at the this? same time really mm. yeah and um was it all uh, at once know, we, creating the package it, versus sketches did it kind of it was really it was we you know we had uh honestly we had like uh plywood and wheels and seats and uh I love it foam core sections just sure. very simplified wow. to go fast and, you know, we used our digital tools wherever we could and as basic tools wherever we could. And I would say that um, when we started to really understand, um, and, you know, working with engineering, the desire for the capability. Right. So that was part of it. Like, what's the speed? What's mm -hmm. the range? Mm -hmm. You know, is it truly going to be a rock crawler? It's going to be an air ride. So it's going to be able to raise and lower and all sure. these sorts of things. Once we kind of had a framework for what we wanted it to do or what we thought it could do. Then we knew, hey, this is the kind of energy you're going to need. Mm. We knew very quickly that, hey, this is going to drive a double stack battery. And then, oh, by the way, you know, they kind of come in modules, right? So you kind of mm -hmm. use either five modules or four modules, like you're kind of one or the other. And we kind of realized like, hey, look, to get to this capability, this is around the minimum wheelbase. 
And then we mm. said, hey, look, we need real big tires, right? We want to put 35s on it. Nice. We want to architect it for 37s. <laughs> you know, coming out of the tr- coming out of the truck world, you yeah. know, yeah. it was a big charge from design to get uh, 33s on the current trucks. And then knowing that, hey, this is even a more serious off-road vehicle. 35s are the start. Mm. And now getting the 37s, we know that off-road people love that. Yeah. And to be able to do that without really putting lift kits on is even better. So we knew that, hey, you have to architect this thing for what true off-roaders want. And and luckily, we've, we're surrounded with such passionate people, you know, in design engineering that, you know, we had, you know, the engineering had some serious off-road guys that do some crazy stuff. <laughs> and so we, you know, we, we would meet daily and go over like, hey, these are kind of the things that we want to do. And then as it came together, I would say, you know, more things stayed on that list of what you wanted to do then came off and it was mm. great. Like the, the Bev architectures, you know, as we're learning are just, they're amazing. Uh, they're, they're more flexible than you think. Uh, they enable more things than you think. And it's like, again, like sky's the limit guys keep pushing, keep pushing, you know, even, even the part where early on we said, you know, Hey, uh, Hey, we want to make this a convertible and pull the roof panels off. Mm. And you think like for, for an off-road vehicle, which is a bit insane. We've seen that. Right. It's, it's, it's it's nuts. Why would you do that? Yeah. But but Hey, you know, why not? And the fact to make something like this, to be able to remove the panels and make it open air, because look, this thing is, it's a big toy Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's all about the experience. How much could we challenge yourself? Do we think customers would love this? You know, if we put it in the love category, we're like, we're doing it. And uh, <laughs> and it was great. We we were we were surrounded by people. Uh, incredible uh, credit goes to the whole entire team. Just just never uh, let any of the challenges really um, get in the way. And it was very refreshing. And it was truly probably the most clean sheet of paper project that I've had. And and we just never stop challenging each other. And, uh, I mean, and, that's and I think, yeah, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I can tell you since that time, we've tried to analyze it a thousand different ways on, on what was the magic there. And, and really it was just a matter of the people that had the desire to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. just great people came that's together cool. and it did something really great. What What's clear to me and what you're saying here is that this is, it's not like we took this platform over here and we tried to make a Hummer. You guys no. went bespoke platform for this. Correct. Now, I, I, absolutely right. From, yep. from there, is that then trickling down to the electric Silverado that we've seen? Are, are those related yes. after the fact? Yes, sir. Yep, okay. that's exactly what it is. That the uh, the the Silverado EV um, is basically the all the Hummer bits, mm-hmm. and you because know it's, you, it's it's not it's not as wide, right? It's it's a narrow tracked version of the Hummer. Gotcha. Uh, but essentially, it's the same. It's the same underpinnings. Um, and and again, you know we. Kind of coming out of the truck world, we had just you know a little inkling of what that could also do, and that was always kind of in the kind of the back of your mind is that uh, hey, once we get to this architecture with all this capability, like what else can we do? Sure. And we kind of kept that stuff in mind on how would you make a Silverado out of it? So yeah, um, you go, you go uh, big swing great, for Mike. the Hummer. You, the right. Hummer's the big clean uh-huh. sheet, big swing, and uh-huh. now that we've done exactly. that, which is cool. I love that you guys. I mean, 2019. Yep. That's amazing to me. That's yep. really. I love fast. that you guys turned it yep. that fast and kind of used all the tools at your disposal to turn it that fast. And then I totally get. Okay, we've got the Hummer. How do we take this elsewhere? But I love that you started yep. clean sheet, build around the battery pack. That's that's nuttiness. Well, I see that electric yeah. vehicles are doing that because it's no longer. Hey, we need a vehicle to compete against somebody else's other vehicle. Right. The new architecture is allowing you to kind of do what you want. And when it comes yep. out, I don't see that much competition 
to the Hummer itself. Yeah. I mean, well, there are other electric no. trucks and there's others For out sure. there, but yep. you know, as far as capability, you can't go down the list and say, well, this does that and that doesn't, or this right. does and that. It all has to do everything. This is the, you know this is I mean? the Bronco Wrangler problem, and you guys are falling into that as well, right. Rich. It's, it's the oh, fact yeah. of we have to have 37s and the roof panels have to come off. And then I think right. for you to and drive through, with you. Yeah, and, and right. then I, I think and for you to drive you. through Beverly Hills right. and go to Starbucks. I mean, I, I'm laughing <laughs> yes. at the fact that there will be a ton of these used and never even get dirty, but, oh, yeah. but you've got to have that capability like built in. Of course. Right. That capability and, has to know, be there because if it's not, then it's like, well, I'll just go over here. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, we, then, then we knew at this, you know, Hey, look, the off-road ones, Hey, they're 18s with big sidewalls. But we also at the same time knew, Hey, we're putting 22s on us. Oh, sure. And it's going to be more of a street version. We knew that just, Mm -hmm. you know, probably uh, uh, infinitely more will just be driven on the street and they have to look the part there. And, uh, and then of course I would say it wasn't too long after we started, we knew that, Hey, we're going to do an SUV variant too. Mm. So, you know, in the next, you know, we have where our cars are in the studio or we, we call them our rails. The next rail over was the SUV and, you know, okay. it's, it's, it's shortened. The battery packs are shorter. The, the wheelbase is shorter. The overall length is shorter, but, but it's exactly the same vehicle from, you know, from the front nose uh, to the rear door. Interesting. And right. so, so at the same, at the same time we did basically another vehicle. So again, like we just never stopped challenging ourselves and it was, it's, it's possible. Like all things are possible. So <laughs> a lot of time, a lot us, of sleepless th- nights. This is amazing. Sure. Tell us a, an influence on the Hummer project. Cause everybody, when, when you hear the Hummer brand, you think yep. certain images, you think what mm-hmm. this yep. is, you guys are, are taking that and making it EV. But I'm curious, what's something yep. in that process that was an influence that nobody would ever expect? Well, you know, I, you know, we kind of, we kind of turned a lot of them into the Easter eggs of the project. And, you know, it's, it's really clear on the instrument cluster and the, you know, the center screen when we, when we really got the challenge early on, I, you know, I, I was in the studio one day and, you know, I'm, I, you can imagine I'm, I'm a talker and, and I kind of said, it's kind of like one of those, like, Hey, we're, we're going to the moon and no <laughs> yeah. matter what, and we're going to be there at this time. Like you knew the end date, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we were given the end date before we had the starting date, you know? Okay, sure. And it was one of those, I kind of remember like the JFK speech, like we're going to do this because we can. Okay. And because we're smart, you know, because we're capable and <laughs> sure. And we, we think we can, and we're going to do it. And I just, I, I just your calendar love that. Date? Go. Yeah. I, I love, I love that <laughs> challenge, right? Like okay. you put the right people together and incredible things happen. And so we kind of said, Hey, this is like, this is a moonshot mm-hmm. and not, not because of the capability, but it was, it was all of it together with the fast to market approach. And then, you know, we kind of just ran with that, you know, and then you find like we, we just said, hey, you know, imagine we're doing a Hummer, not the way H2 was driven from H1, you know, kind of the Desert Storm uh, time frame. But mm-hmm. imagine we're putting these things on the moon or we're putting them on Mars and we're going to explore with them. Okay. Put your mindset wow. there and be creative that way and not look back at some like an invader, but as like an explorer, like your, your you know, or your research vehicle or you're going to help and discover and... uh and it just kind of put us in a different mindset. But certainly, we still knew it, it, it it's going to have to resonate and say Hummer. Mm-hmm. But we have to do it in a new way. Uh, we wanted that new way to kind of show off, hey, it's an EV. And, and EV, to me, really says, like, you're going to have to be more tech. And there mm-hmm. has to be more visual tech that customers identify right away to kind of separate it from ICE vehicles. And that's why the lighting is so advanced and impressive and 
on the exterior and then on the interior you know there's nothing connected to the old hummer because the old hummer was very basic inside absolutely it's the and, exact, and we exact wanted, opposite end yeah right and we wanted to go way more premium and make it feel like a special environment inside and and yeah it could be tough rugged and muddy and dirty on the outside but once you get in you know you just wanted to feel like you're in something that was like architectural and tech and something that's going to come from a high-end design magazine and not something that's uh, basic and just functional. Um, See, now you're talking my language here. Paul's eyes are lining yeah, up. Lining you know, up over I, here. I love that stuff. Let's talk furniture. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, my, my, my roommate in college was a furniture designer, so I love that stuff. Nice. And, and we kept the interior kind of architectural and simple, like an, like an architect lines. And it was one of the very few times in my design world where we said, you know what, we are going to do a straight line. <laughs> that's like a, a no-no in the car business straight yeah. lines, you know yeah and uh but a lot of those lines in the interior just very simple and but to me it really resonated as something very visually powerful uh on the inside but you know it gives you a sense that you're in a space that that certainly isn't like any other gm products and, mm. and hopefully not not like any other product in market so and that was really fun for me again you know kind of first time jumping into the interior world and I just, I just had a blast doing it. I was that kind of a very uh, utopic person that just kept asking a lot of crazy, dumb questions on why, why can't we do this on the interior? And and uh, not too many times I was told I couldn't. So I, that's great. Uh, you know, that I'm, I'm happy. Again, I've been an exterior designer my whole career, and I'm very, very excited about how the interior came out, and I, I really love it. I'm, I've been driving one now since about December, and really? I just love tinkering and playing with it inside and changing the ride modes. I was part of the team that helped develop like the startup animation. And I remember talking about it with the guys that said, Hey, that's startup animation. I want it to look like, you know, it came from the alien movie. I want it like super cool out there, but I want it like a little, like a little bit of creepy, like sinister, like this is, you don't know what's on the other side of that mountain range on Mars, you know? And I, I just loved it. Like we got, got a chance to like do, uh, almost like cinema, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, God, what a new world for me. And it's like uh, anytime I can find a new avenue to be creative, uh, you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store. And, uh, you know, then we loved all the different ride modes and the imagery for that. And, you know, we had fun when you see the tow mode and all of a sudden you see like a Saturn V booster rocket behind the thing. Like, you know, You've we're got taking rockets this. in your past from yeah, the early yeah, Corvette, exactly. the first generation yeah. Corvette. Yeah, it's, it was sure. all rocket exactly. themes. Like we're, we're, we're taking Back we're taking it. this thing off the world and, and this is what we're <laughs> okay. gonna do and it was great and every time we'd have leadership come in like they just would stand their eyes just blazingly wide open mouths open like <laughs> guys keep keep going like this is that's great this is just awesome like are we talking so we mark royce and mary support. i mean oh, yeah. they stop oh, yeah. by and be like okay i think you guys oh, yeah. got hey this. i'll say yeah we're where we are in our in the design studio here in warren you know we're right outside of the executive garage and so sometimes this is where Mark Royce loves to come in and sneak a cup of coffee from our coffee pot. And uh, so he loves to kind of <laughs> sure, hang out and, sure. and, and talk cars and be passionate. And and so it's just such an exciting project and, and so proud of it. So I'm glad it's out and uh, people are starting to enjoy them. And, you know, getting all the feedback after launch, it's it's uh, it's been wonderful. So you've been driving one of these and they're, and they're starting yeah. to get them out to customers. What else do you have? Yeah. What Like what's your personal garage? I, I love Chevy Performance. Um, I've got, uh, I've got a 71, uh, Camaro, cool. um, that I've, uh, kind of rebuilt and it's a kind of a pro touring machine. So 
Ooh. I love the old school, like 60s and 70s cars, but with all the new school running gear. So okay. LS3, five-speed, coilover suspension, 18-inch wheels, 30, you know, 335 rear tires. So it's a... The rest of my You know, it's like kind of... Kinda, yeah, kind of ground and pound. And uh, and then I've got a, I've got a 2019 uh, Corvette Grand Sport. Oh, cool. Which isn't... I've, I've gotten that one uh, pretty recently. So uh, I love those things too. So I, you know, that's... It's just a, a no-brainer, fired up and go, and 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 soon, hopefully, um, if the damn things wouldn't keep going up so fast, I've been dying to get a K5 Blazer, but I, I think I've missed the trend. The designer that missed the trend there, the, interesting, it's crazy, <laughs> too expensive now, you know. Yeah, they've gone oh nuts. My God. So much of the old but stuff I, has gone nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, my dad had a bunch of those, like the '70s, and he had about four or five square body versions, and I, mm. so I grew up in those and. Chevy trucks. So I, I love that stuff. I, I need one of those. <laughs> so that, that's kind of the pie in the sky. If you could get something next, yeah. it'd be the blazer then. Yeah. Not want need. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Todd and I've been talking about skateboard platforms a lot in uh, electric vehicles and a lot of car companies mm-hmm. are looking at that. And we're talking about driving characteristics from a business standpoint. It makes all kinds of sense. Yes. Sure. Yeah. But how do you see EVs, whether it's from the truck platforms or I think you came from the C8 Corvette program too, you know, EVs becoming fun in the future? Because we love lightweight, fun cars. Oh, yeah. So yeah. drivers up to this point have built their driving careers and skills around having that heaviest lump in the car somewhere in the car. Yes. And then yeah. I think you're a track driver as well, oh, understanding yeah. the yeah. dynamics to use that to your advantage when you're mm-hmm. driving. It's front engine, mid engine, rear Oh yeah, and so how do you see EVs becoming different instead of same? You know, differentiating if it's all the skateboard platform. You know, certainly I can see the C8 Corvette that center tunnel becoming a battery pack, and yeah. you know, having it that way. And it's always an ongoing question because our audience is comprised of enthusiast drivers too. Whether it's yeah. an SUV yeah. or a truck or a small car, mm-hmm. we're always looking for a good driving experience, not a same driving experience. I can I can tell you, you know, I've. I've been part of the kind of the EV world and the Chevrolet side of the, you know, uh, Chevrolet side of the fence. So if you've recently seen uh, the announcement of um, uh, Mary Barra at CES, she shared some images of the next gen Equinox EV. So I was part of that as nice. well. And nice. uh, the, the, you know, the Bev world's coming and I've, so I've been driving a lot of them, you know, from like Tesla's and Porsche Taycan's and, uh, you know, Lucid's and that's you know, good to hear. I've been driving. The design yeah, engineering driving, team should you know, be driving yeah, these as yeah, comparisons. Sure. Oh yeah. You, you, you got to drive them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, in, I've been in a bolts and bolts and, and I've been lucky to drive. I, I'll tell you what, I absolutely love driving the Hummer. It is spectacular. I mean, it's, it's blown me away, honestly. I mean, from the design, I, I love the way it looks and, how it feels and everything, but driving it, one of my most favorite parts about it is I, I know we get a lot of attention about crab walk and that's a fun feature, (laughs) but the four wheel steer, you know, I, my, my company car has been a a Chevrolet Silverado crew cab for a long time and Suburbans. I love those. Those Uh are like, I'm a family guy and kids and stuff going on vacation. So I'm always in one of those. And driving this Hummer, it's it's like driving a sports car. Uh, it's wild, like how how easily it turns and handles, and it's crazy because I know how much it weighs, but it doesn't feel like that. Mm. It feels more nimble than than what I know it should feel like. Is that the power um, overcoming it, the weight? Then 
Yeah, it really does. I mean, the power is crazy. You know, you, you just hit, you know, you hit the accelerator and it goes off like a shot. You know, the sensation of speed is so different. You know, without the sound of the of the great Chevrolet V8, the, the anticipation is not there, or the, the gear changing of the transmissions. Sure, yeah. So it's very different. Like, I've, I've found myself going down the freeway way too fast, like not realizing I'm going 90. <laughs> For sure. Because you, really, the, oh, yeah. the sensation is different. You know, you hear a little bit of wind noise or, you know, like the tire noise, that kind of stuff. It's very different. It's uh, even in, in some of our competitive EV cars, the sensation of speed is much different. Now, I, I have not taken any of those to a track. So I, you know, I, I love doing, taking my cars to tracks and enjoying them on road circuits. So I, I don't have that experience to share. So I don't know how performance drivers are really going to figure that part out. But I know like going down the freeway, it's, it is, it is different. And there's kind of a, there's kind of a separation there. Um, because you don't have all the things that you loved in cars that you are passionate about before. But it's just a very different experience. It's uh, mm. uh, my my kids. It's funny being in there every once in a while. You hear something from your kid that like, wow, kind of oh yeah. It's like it's like being in an airplane. It's like that. You know, there's a sensation of speed, but it's different. It mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're connected to the to the roadway the same. And it's just a it's just a different experience. Interesting. Um, but I'll okay. tell you what. It's I I I know all I can say is that I've I've really enjoyed. You know, my short time in the Hummer EV, it's it's just been delightful. It's it's fun to drive. It's uh, it's just a blast. You know, we've had a crazy winter here in Detroit, as always, and and I found myself acting and behaving like a child, like just finding a cool parking lot, good for lot, you, like, like you traction control, and watching this all wheel four wheel drive thing just just going crazy. <laughs> it's just it's just can a, you it's drift a riot. in crab walk? Let's try it. I don't know. I think you can. can. Yes, you can. Yes, <laughs> That's you good can. to know. You should not, but you, you can. I love yes, it. That's can. fantastic. So actually, so, I, I want to review the timeline real quick because we're talking about a start in April of 2019. When did you guys yep. announce and when did you start delivering? I mean, this is crazy We're quick. in production, yes. Things are in production yes, at this point? Yes, we are. As yeah, of this recording? Production, production started Where uh, is all production the end of last year. Final assembly handled, by the way? It's it's in Factory Zero, which is in uh, Hamtramck uh, in Detroit. Oh, it is. Okay. All uh, right. So, yeah, it's like basically if you're familiar with Detroit, it's like I-75 and where I-94 intersect. It's like the northeast corner there. Gotcha. Okay. okay. That's where All the right. assembly plant is. Yep. We've, we've had a great relationship with the, uh, the manufacturing team. We've gone down and, and watched a lot of them being built and. We've had a lot of the guys, you know, when we were developing, they were they were in the studio seeing, you know, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great exercise. Like, hey guys, hey, we I need you to paint the roof black. How are you going to do that? There were some good discussions on how to do that kind of thing, you know, because it's a different manufacturing process, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was mm-hmm. just a lot. Again, it was the team was, you know, everybody was just all in to try to make. Uh, as much as we could out of it, and uh, it, 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 it was just a wonderful effort. But it's it's great. It's a local team. And, you know, I could jump in the car and be in the plant in 15 minutes, which is pretty unique. That and is cool. uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's great to see them and, and how that plan has been uh, redone and, and getting ready for the kind of the BEV, the BEV world. It's great because it's a whole different kind of way of processing these vehicles through a, a kind of a general assembly. It's, it's wild to watch. So. Interesting. So, so you're very I mean, cool. Yeah. When you're moving this quickly, you've got to have proximity. I totally get that. So again, yeah, April, yeah. April, 2019 for start, when was it announced? Yeah. Was it the following spring for Super Bowl? Was oh that, my gosh. Is that right? 
like early yeah, 2020? I think, I think that's, I think that's the case. Yeah. I, w- I want to say, you know, my, me- I'm a designer, so my memory is awful. <laughs> um, but, uh, I want to say it was the, it was not even a year later. Uh, okay. And I want to say we were, we were helping. We've got a visualization team here, uh, that helped put the kind of that LeBron James commercial together. And, you know, we didn't have any vehicles yet, but we had, you know, our digital, information and sure, did yeah. kind of a cgi right, uh, right to kind of show off hey it's coming and it was uh we had the the marketing team from gmc uh they were all in and they were so excited and it was like guys we're trying to finish this thing and you're, we're shooting a commercial for <laughs> yeah out in the middle of it's it like, yeah, Holy sure it yeah. Uh, and so now you yeah you're in production crazy like yeah our timeline from 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 zero it was uh 2019 uh, april and the truck was finished, like what we consider here in Design Center, uh, at the end of July of uh, 20. Wow. And oh, by the way, you know, we went through, you know, the March COVID mm-hmm. of 20 and had to deal with trying to finish the Hummer uh, in the studio when COVID broke. And that was mm-hmm. a whole nother, like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, how are we going to figure this out? Just over uh, a year in the midst of that. That's that's yeah. really impressive. I yeah. mean, we're we're yeah. excited to drive it. We're excited to even see one because we're in Park City, so yeah. they don't they don't wander around here yet. But I'm sure they will yeah. be. They here. will. They will be here you in Park City, Utah. There's no question in my mind. I just haven't seen one yet. We're very excited to drive it. And Rich, it's awesome to talk with you about it. Yep. You know, my pleasure, guys. It, it, it's fantastic, and you probably could hear my enthusiasm for sure. Product, product. Yeah. Like, you know, okay. I just. Uh, I can't say enough. It's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, throughout my career, it's probably, uh, you know, I'll look back and this is a high watermark of, of, of what's possible. And that's cool. uh, I'm very proud. Like, and I'm just, just lucky to be the guy surrounded with just amazingly talented people that, uh, uh, that delivered uh, such a wonderful product. So, um, that's cool. Yeah, it was a pleasure to, Pleasure to speak to you guys today. Thank it's you also very a, much. You're welcome. Thanks for jumping on. It's, it's a smackdown in terms of, what's next in the car mm-hmm. world. And we always like that yeah. when there's some reveal and yeah. something comes out. And of course you guys were working on that behind the scenes yeah. in secret, yeah. in the back, yeah. in the dark. And then suddenly blam, we definitely appreciate that. Yeah. So excited to, well to shoot it and to put it on camera and all of that. It's going to be really cool, but sure. thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure guys. Yep. Have a great day. It's fascinating. I, I always like getting the inside stuff on the design studio. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you do. I, I'm always uh, intrigued by that. Well, and the reason I kept coming back to it is I was so intrigued just to find out the time frame. The timeline of that mm-hmm. was much faster than I expected. I, oh, I just yeah. didn't, didn't think lightning that speed. GM was going to dive in like that. But I, but I like that these large legacy automakers can create a skunk works. I mean, like, like Ford did this with the GT, for example. Mm-hmm. They can mm-hmm. create a skunk works and create something none of us see coming in a rapid period of time, even though the company around them often is this big thing that's hard to turn. And so they create skunk works and they do these crazy projects. Well, you know, with every car company these days that tough to steer the ship, you know, tough to put your shoulder against the ball rolling downhill. You can't change the direction. You can only nudge it. Mm -hmm. You've heard all the business jargon (laughs) or whatever. Put more wood behind the arrow. More wood behind the arrow. We got to get more juice out of that orange and use the Google (laughs) magic jelly to, I I don't know. It's endless. But nevertheless, I think we're in a time period now where car companies are more willing to do that because this is how we've always done it. We're successful. We like doing it this way. We've got a good customer base. This is what we do. Why would we do something so different? And I think companies now, especially GM's a great example, a huge behemoth of a company yeah. going in a new direction and, and actually the ball changed direction 
It's astounding to see. It is crazy. I also, while we're here, want to thank all of our TV sponsors because, honestly, we couldn't do TV without the sponsors that we have. If you're ever curious who they are or what the discounts are, the best place to go is to our homepage of our website, everydaydriver.com, and there is a sponsor banner right there. You can hit, and you can see all of the info from all of our sponsors. Covercraft continues to be our headlining sponsor. We can't thank them enough. Big discount from them with Everyday22. Griot's is right behind them with 10 to 15% off your order with the code EDRIVER which is really cool. Haggerty remains a partner and a big fan of us. We're very glad to have carparts.com with us. They are doing, on top of their normal stuff, 10% off mm-hmm. on purchases yes. over $100. Yep. That's carparts.com slash everyday driver. Of course, PowerStop is with us, and so are Nokian tires to get us through not only the cars of the past, but also the GR86 stuff. We have a lot coming on both. So we're thankful for all these guys because without them and without you guys going to them, we couldn't do this show. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. You can start with the new Ceramic Wash and Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, the foaming sprayer, the cannon, or whatever Paul has come up with now. We take Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and now it has ceramic protection too. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products individually or use them as your new wash routine. They're 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products from Griot's are made in the USA. And don't forget to use the new code EDRIVER when you're ordering from griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Bob McCormick writes to us on Facebook asking about Podcast 559. We mentioned that Porsche is in the top three in reliability. What is our source, please? Bob, if you go to jdpower.com slash car slash rating slash Porsche slash 2021... (laughs) You can just go to the website and find Porsche, but they actually list either by make or by car type. And Porsche in 2021 got the JD Power Quality Award, which is awarded to the brand with fewest problems reported by 100 car owners in the first 90 days of ownership. The JD Power Dependability Award, the JD Power Performance Award, and then their 2018 Macan got the most dependable compact premium SUV award. Huh. They have lots of awards. They they're, they they're really diced happening. up finally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. nevertheless, there's a lot on there. So JD Power is our source. Austin Johnson 63 on Instagram says, what's the next move for an enthusiast electric cars? Is there any reason to create a manual or dual clutch transmission or are we limited to just having a brake and accelerator? Austin, I think that the manual transmission is going to completely die except for two places. Classic cars that still have an internal combustion engine or bespoke little aftermarket coach builders that take some classic car and put an electric drivetrain in it and give it a manual transmission that mm-hmm. it doesn't need with an electric powertrain. It's because there's I, I don't think that it makes any sense for any automaker to carve that off from their cu- upcoming electric offerings because I think the average person and the people that be let's be honest that will buy a car in mass are going to be frustrated by interrupting the fact that there's this constant roller coaster whoosh of my electric car. They don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. that. They just want to feel the entire whoosh. So I don't think any major automaker is going to do it. I expect there will be some small little places that go, oh, we're going to do it because we like it. I want to remind you guys of DriveShare from our friends at Haggerty. DriveShare is a car sharing community that connects renters with the owners of cool cars. We're talking vehicles that elevate any occasion like a wedding or a special celebration or even a vacation. 
Or you can just enjoy a dream ride, a car you've always wanted to drive. That's why I put my Lotus Elise on DriveShare, and many people have loved driving it. List your car to earn some extra money knowing you're covered by exceptional insurance and roadside service. Owners and renters can both rest easy and enjoy the ride. Visit DriveShare.com or download the app to rent or list a ride today. Question from TryHard Blair says, Right now, it seems like fun electric cars are only for the wealthy. Mm. Yeah, there's... Doesn't seem to be too many of them, a handful of them right now. Do we see the technology and driving capabilities found in something like the e-tron GT coming down to the Audi A3 level? Hmm. Or do we think that the electric sedan and coupe that people really want will remain out of reach and people will have to settle for boring electric SUVs? He mentions the rest of Audi's current e-tron lineup. We haven't driven that e-tron lineup, and after driving the e-tron GT... I have more hope than I did going in. Mm, okay. I'm intrigued by this, but I do take your question specifically about the cost of electric cars. Yeah. I am now convinced more than ever that as with autonomous driving, have you noticed that car companies and people are talking less and less about autonomy these yeah, days? Yeah. It seems to have died. Uh-huh. It's going to be coming, but there was this huge rush the mantra of tech companies everywhere, everywhere to move fast and break things. Yeah. They're moving so fast, they run afoul of the law, uh-huh. and they get themselves into trouble. And now everybody's just, yeah, we'll see what we'll happens with autonomy. And mm-hmm. we know it kind of works, but it's way out there. With electric cars in general, I, th- I think every car company is just trying stuff. Mm. That battery manufacturer, and we're trying this lightweighting technique, and we're doing mm. this, and we're coming out with a new model, and we're just trying it, and we're putting it out there, and we're seeing what the public likes. Mm. Because, and at every price point. Yeah. It's going to take a while for this to shake out and settle down yeah. to the point where car companies are able to democratize that the energy and the batteries and mm-hmm. make a $25,000 electric car that has a range of more than 100 miles. And is only for fun. That's a whole other layer down the line. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think it's still going to take a while. And so, therefore, every electric version of whatever we get, Mm -hmm. we still have to evaluate it for fun, just like we do with every other car on the planet. That's the whole point of car ownership. Yeah. Yeah, it has to fit your needs. It has to look good and be affordable and look good. But there's still an element of fun that we look for in just about every car. There should be. I mean, short of pickup trucks, even that is different kind of fun. Yeah, go go chuck that off a, a cliff. That's what the TRX was great at, for sure. Just let's see how much jump exactly. detection we can get in an afternoon. Exactly. The, the other thing, that, I don't know if you all noticed this yet, but in spite of the fact that cars in general are going up with everything else going up, mm. and in spite of the fact that we're all having these, these, these fear of missing out moments, that I better buy that old classic internal combustion engine car now because I'll never be another one. I, I know all that's going on. Have you noticed what happens to used electric cars? Yeah, true. They drop like cell phones. They're, they're, nobody <laughs> yeah. wants the last-gen tech. The way that a lot of people are going to get into their first electrics, I fully believe, is by buying a crazy cheap used one of the last tech. Like, Agreed. A, go buy yourself a first-gen Nissan Leaf for a dollar and a half. Okay? I mean, yeah. nobody wants yeah. those. The, 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 the Fiat 500Es, if you can find them, I don't even know if they end up actually oh, selling them off. But, I mean, these kind of things, the companies either fully took them back yeah, or they're worth nothing. So I think there's going to be as, as we start to get into more mass production of these cars. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be more and more of them that are available for cheap because they are just barely last gen tech. 
And that last gen is going to be such a big jump, unlike it's been for internal combustion cars, that I think they're just going to drop off a cliff. And you're going to be like, oh, I got this for ten grand that was fifty two years ago because everybody's got an electric car and they have the new one. Have you seen the new Apple Car 14? Yeah. Because your 13 just needs to go to the scrap pile. Well, you made me think about the nav and screen technology in uh-huh. cars from 20 years ago. Yes. The BMW 5 and 7 series from 2000, 2001. The early 2000 stuff, yeah. Really not good. Uh-huh. Those early Acras, almost every car just had screens that we look at now, and we can't believe we were lived like Neanderthals. We can't believe we were, were we idiots? Were we yeah. just scraping by? How did we let that out? <laughs> Who invented this Pile of junk. Well, that's the crazy thing about those cars from the Radwood era, the 80s and 90s, is they don't seem as old in the interior as the right. ones from the early 2000s that had screens, because since they don't have any screens, there's nothing to make them seem so ancient. So that leap to now, to a modern Tesla interior with a screen, or the Hyundai. I actually just saw an Ionic 5 in town. Did you really? Cruising by. Okay. Because the lighting signature is always what I notice. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't recognize it. Okay. And it was coming at me, and I thought, I still don't know what that is. Huh. And it was Ionic 5 in black. Okay. Cruised past. I thought, there's one. It's Park City, after all. You'll, you know, yeah. As soon as the car's announced, we'll see it within three weeks. <laughs> but all that tech, it, people, well, car companies are still figuring out what they want to do. And I maintain they're just going to try stuff. Mm. And electric cars, as you just heard from Rich, it's freeing up design teams and it's freeing up marketing teams to just try new stuff. To Mm. Well, Mm. we want to take passengers and cargo and gear, but we want to do it in a different way we've never tried before and never been able to because Mm. we're locked into that platform family and we have to save money and cut costs. They're throwing money at the issue. Yeah, they are. And so the electric cars that you just mentioned from the first gen, mm-hmm. they're cheap because they're like the screens in those old yes, cars. Yes, exactly. Nobody wants them, exactly. but they're still, they kind of work, and they're still going to be good, and that may, might be a good way to get into electric car ownership to see if you like it, if it is for you. I don't How believe does it drive? that the BMW i3 is worth throwing away, but mm-hmm. they're practically throwaway money. And they were one of the more expensive cars. They were like 50 grand the way you wanted it when they first were new. And now go, go buy one for 15. Yeah. You know, so that's craziness. Speaking of jumps, uh, we've got uh, Vic Clapback on, on Instagram says, he had a C5 Corvette. Mm. It was his childhood dream car, and he had it for a while, but he eventually sold it. So now he's eyeing the C7 right before it went mid-engine. How much of a jump is the C7 in performance, usability, interior, etc.? If you watch our American original film, one of the patterns that Chevy has created in the past three or four generations is that they try to make the base model of the next gen as good as the Z06 of the prior gen. And that started right. with, the, right. the, with the C5 that was a specific goal. They wanted the, the base C6 to be as good as the C5 Z06. And I think they got close. Okay, so what you're talking about is a two-generation jump in performance, and the performance is awesome. You're talking about a massive jump in interior. I think that the the interior quality is is night and day because you leave the bubble area of, era of GM and you get to the modern right. screen era. Right. So I think you'd like the C7 for that. The C7 might you'd have to, you'd have to do a back and forth. The C7 might have a tiny bit less cabin space than the C5, but it certainly isn't going to be much worse. And I don't remember the the C5 we had was a Z06 with the trunk. So I can't remember mm-hmm. the hatches. Now, the C6 had one of the most cabin rooms and one of the biggest hatches of any of the Corvettes. The C7 is actually a little bit less roomy with a little bit smaller hatch than the C6. But if you like the C7 at all and you liked your C5, I think you'd be like, yeah, this was worth the upgrade. 
Michael Garrett on Facebook says he can't be the only person who finds the majority of modern car designs too fussy and contemporary. Mm. For him, the mid-2010s were where things started to go downhill with the exception of a handful of cars. Do we have any similar thoughts or time periods that we just dislike design in general? Mm. Yeah, most of the American cars from the 70s. <laughs> 70s and... was a dark time. <laughs> I mean, it was a dark time for car design. The yeah. European cars were small and lightweight, and sure, the 70s yeah. Porsches were you know, cool. Interesting in their own right. Yeah, I see it. But then also the 2000s, the aughts. Essentially, there's some tough stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, the 996 Porsche, I mean, it's okay, but it's Mm -hmm. not the most loved version of all the 911s and many other cars. The Mercedes of that era, I wasn't impressed. Mm. I keep seeing stuff from that era of Mercedes. I'm going, yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) And things were safe. But what is changing design the most is manufacturing techniques Mm. from different approaches on how assemblies are put together to generative design and also wanting to stand out in the marketplace. And now like we're talking about new platforms that are just invented Mm. and come up with conceived by car companies, just like you heard rich talk about the new Hummer platform. They knew they wanted to double stack the batteries to give the range and that generated a brand new platform that didn't exist. Now they're going to keep reusing that as you also heard with the, with the Silverado, but these are, Actually, I think we're in a, a, an exciting time period for electric car styling that will free up designers from the traditional look because, I mean, how many more shapes can be drawn? Car sure. designers go through sure. a lot of iteration, pages and pages and months of sketching just to arrive at a place where, okay, we like that. That seems like a little bit of a different way of a corner, a mm. line, that, that shape. And the surfaces are refined constantly with input from so many people that brand new platforms are going to open up some new ideas. I feel like I'm, I'm encouraged, even though I'm a petrol head, I'm a gear head. I want gas powered cars, but as a designer, I'm kind of on board with where design is going Mm. because it's going to free designers up. I think I have one request for the general global world of car design. Okay. They'll never hear me. They'll never hear this, but I'm going to put it out. You never know. I have one request for the electrics going forward. Stop it with the minimalist interiors. Stop it. Couldn't agree with you more there. Because Tesla has sold this lie, yes, it's a lie, that minimalist means luxurious. It doesn't. Okay? Yeah, it can. And what was fascinating. But yes. It's, well, minimalist is cheap to make. That's the truth of it. It and, depends and, on the material, but yes. And here's the thing. I saw an Ionic 5 recently. And the only thing I was disappointed about is it felt like yet another how minimalist and like super clean, can we make this interior? And I was like, you know what? I'd, I'd like the interior to feel inviting. And then we got in the Audi e-tron. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things I said to you when I said it on camera is that the interior in the Audi e-tron, yes, there's plenty of screens. It's a fully electric car. It's got all the electric car things. But you could lift that interior and put it in any other Audi and it would be fine. Yeah. It just feels like a nice interior. Yeah. It's not yelling and screaming at me like, why is this different? Oh, it's minimalist because it's electric. Stop it. It was excellent. Because these cars are not cheap. If they yeah. were cheap cars, different conversation. Yeah, You true. want to give me a fifteen dollars to $20,000 electric car and the interior is minimalist and cheap, the car was cheap. I get it. But if it's going to be yeah. $60,000 and up, then make me feel like the place that I have to interact and sit was worth the money. The pole stars are doing this. The interiors look yeah. great. Yeah, for They're sure. Interesting, engaging, material Let's make a up. real interior in there that I like being in. Yeah, there's visual interest. Not visual clutter, but just visual interest for your eyes and... Yeah, things to touch, look at. I like it. 
Roman Addis uh, gets us back to the 86. I'm sorry for all of you that thought we were going to be electric cars all day and do not talk about the 86. <laughs> it was he's a Hummer talking, podcast. He's talking about, almost on all EV podcasts because <laughs> yeah. of the e-tron, but he's talking about the torque dip in the first gen. He says, look, he knows, he's heard, we've talked about it, many others have as well, that there's a torque dip in the acceleration of the first gen 86. He said, but if you're coming from an appliance like a Corolla, are you coming from an appliance like a Corolla? Apparently you are. Are you going to feel it and be disappointed by the dip in power? Yes, you're going to feel it because it's in that place where look, you can shift around it on every gear but first. And I've had people – look, I owned one. Okay, I've had people be mad at me for saying that it always exists. But the thing is, yes, in any gear above first, you can theoretically shift around it. But you're going to leave the light and you're going to pull right through it every time where some, somewhere between 3,500 and about 4,500, 5,000, the engine just pulls back almost like something's wrong. It's like, where where'd you go? You were doing fine and now you're – oh, now you're back. You can tune it out, which I highly recommend. If you tuned it out, Roman Addis, I think you would actually be thrilled by the car. I think you would be thrilled with it in its base form without it tuned out because you're coming out of a Corolla and the dynamics would be very rewarding to you. But even without coming out of a powerful performance car, you're going to be aware that the dip exists and then there'll be a discussion about how do I get rid of it and luckily you can Revs Up asks if we've driven older cars. Well, we have. I think the oldest so far is the 54 Corvette. I think that's the oldest one we've we had. Have we had anything yet. older than that? I don't think so. so and that was crazy because it was. I had the steering wheel roughly six inches from my chest and there were no seat belts. I felt kind of exposed in that car. Convertible. Yeah. That, was, that was like a drive slow day. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was uh-huh. a notice everything. Yeah. Well, yes. So the question is, do we miss or loathe compression braking? This is a lot. He says he understands why it went away, but it seemed to give a bit of finer control in many situations. Well, you're right. Are you just referring to general engine braking that can be had with manual transmission cars? Because, yeah, sure, you yeah. Know, certainly can. Or are you talking about, you know, all the way to Jake brakes, you know, essentially. <laughs> I mean, I hear those yeah. all the time on uh-huh. on the diesel trucks. But generally speaking, yeah, engine braking can be found and enjoyed on just about every manual transmission car. You know, downshift, let the clutch out. And sure. That's the fun of flipping the throttle and making the engine do what you want. Doing the rev yeah, match thing. Sure. One last electric car question coming from Eric on uh, Facebook. He says he saw the Audi e-tron GT on the roads in his local DC area today, and he was pretty intrigued by it, and he realized he just saw one on the used lot of his local Jag Land Rover dealer, a used e-tron GT, which made him go, hang on, which would we prefer, the e-tron GT or the I-Pace, the e-tron? Somebody traded in their Audi GT, e-tron GT for a... Well, I don't think they traded it in for an I-Pace, but they probably traded it in for, if I had to guess, probably a Land Rover of some kind. Probably. Yeah, e-tron GT. And we haven't even driven an I-Pace. But, it's, but, but this is that old tech problem. Mm-hmm. The I-Pace was really cool when it came out. We're past that now. It's all moved on. Yeah, I think the updates will come with the Tesla screens and it'll be a way of making things feel fresh. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think better interiors, consistently improved and interesting mm-hmm. interiors will make cars relevant and it'll make you want it or not. Thanks again to Rich and GM for jumping on the podcast yeah. here with us. Like I said, it's always fun to hear the insight as to what goes on in the design studio, and it sounds like they're having way too much fun there at GM. <laughs> I just think glad. it's amazing that the C8 folks move right on to the Hummer. Yeah. Those are the greatest hits guys there. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah Indeed. It. We're always looking forward to next time. Thanks for your questions. Cheers, everyone.